Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. This is your host, Lorraine Ball. And today, we're going to talk about sales. I know what you're thinking. I'm a business owner. I'm not a salesperson, but everybody really is a salesperson. So today, I have invited Tracy Beavers to join me. And we're going to talk about basically sales without selling. Tracy has more than 20 years of experience in sales and marketing. And as the owner of three businesses, she understands the roller coaster of entrepreneurship. She loves sales, she loves networking, and she wants you to love it too. Tracy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Lorraine. I really appreciate it. I am so excited to talk because you really piqued my curiosity. Full confession. I don't think of myself as a salesperson, but I do have to sell. Right. So I want to know, how do I sell without selling? <laughs> By being yourself. That's what it boils down to. Nobody likes to think of themselves as a salesperson because there are so many bad salespeople out there. They're aggressive. They're spammy. They're weird. They're annoying. They make us uncomfortable. And we don't want to feel that way. And we don't want to feel like we're talking someone into doing something they don't want to do. And that's not what sales is about. Okay. So if sales is not about showing up at a networking event, shaking a lot of hands, pushing my business cards at anybody and everybody who's standing still long enough for me to do that, how do I sell? How do I leverage who I am, my natural strengths in a way that will attract people? Yes. Great question. So I want you to take the word sales completely out of your brain completely out of the equation. Don't even think about it because that word is intimidating to a lot of people. So when you're going into a networking event or you're networking virtually online, which a lot of us are now, it's not about going into the room and shotgunning your business cards like confetti all the way across and just seeing how many people you can hit with it. And it's not about looking around the room and going, okay, where's my ideal client? Where's my ideal client? It's about connecting with the other human beings in the room to make a genuine connection because the sale will come as a result of making that connection, building that relationship, finding out about that person. What do they need? Is there something that I can do to help them? They're going to get to know me. I'm going to get to know them. We're going to get to see how we can work together potentially. Maybe they're my ideal client. Maybe they're not but maybe they're a great referral source for me. You know, there's, we just never know where the, the transaction, the, not the transaction, but where that connection is going to lead. Mm-hmm. So we have to stay open and just build a relationship and focus on that first. Your approach to networking is very similar to mine. I really do. I do agree with you. I do. I may kid about it, but I do believe that it's the conversations and the connections. Yes. But as people are listening, how do you, take who you are and this approach of I'm just going to go in and meet people and maybe still be a little more strategic with that. Because I've seen a lot of people that get sucked into conversations that are never going to get anywhere. So how do you find that balance? Well, you do have to kind of recognize it on the front end. And as you're getting to know this other person, thinking through the scope of your business model and where might they fit in. And if they're truly not going to fit in anywhere, that's okay. But you might might want to end that conversation and exit out of it and into another one, you know, quicker than you would normally. But you need to give it time 
for you to figure out where in your business or your life might this person fit. Like I said, mm-hmm. they may be your ideal client, in which case you want to get to know them deeper and nurture them and let them know what you do. So they ask questions about it and you can make that connection. Um, I have people that would never have a use for a business or sales coach because they love being a W-2 employee, but they know what I do. They love me. They love my work. And so they're great referral sources for me. So on the face of it, it wouldn't look like they would be a client, but they end up sending me clients. Absolutely. One of my best business partner referral sources, when I was running a marketing company, he ran a construction business mm-hmm. and nothing. There was there was no overlap. I couldn't send him customers. He couldn't right. send me customers. But we just really liked each other. And as we moved through the business community, we started because, again, we had a similar attitude on networking. We each built our circles and suddenly there was that Yes. That overlap and that place where, oh, I know Eric, I know Lorraine, and, right. and the pieces came together. So I really do believe that. Are there things that you do when you get ready for a networking event or as a follow-up to a network event that help strengthen those relationships? I focus on the other person entirely and finding a way to help them. It is so much easier for me to be a giver and to focus on the other person than it is for me to focus on myself or ask for anything for myself. And I think, not I know, not I think I know, I know that that is what has made me so successful in sales all these years. Mm-hmm. But truly, I am going to be finding a way to help you um, and finding a solution for you, finding a connection for you, and that's how I approach it. Awesome. So. This is always my favorite. Any fun stories on things where people have just done completely the wrong thing and you've either been able to rescue them or maybe you couldn't? Yes. So when I back when I was working in corporate, I was working at uh, one of our local banks and there was a gentleman there who was a commercial loan officer and he literally he's the only person I've ever met that actually did this, but he would actually study psychological schemes and sales tactics and tricks. And then he would try to practice them on people in the office. And it was so gross. And it was so like, and I, he would do this and then he would, he went to go leave the office and he stops at the door and he turns and he says something. And then he kind of goes to exit and then he turns back and goes, that was part of my sales technique. And he walks on out of the office and I just sat there and I'm Southern. So I sat there and I just thought, bless his heart. <laughs> and that doesn't always mean a good thing. I was like, no, it never, I, I just, it never does. I was like, no, this is, this is disaster. This has disaster written all over it. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, then there's those salespeople like at the car dealership. I will never forget this either. I went to buy my first car, 23 years old, out of college, had my money, I knew what I wanted. I'd studied. I wanted a Honda Accord. I'd studied Mm -hmm. all of them, all the options, everything. So I walk in with my dad. Who did the salesman want to talk to? Oh, my dad. dad. Yeah, Mm -hmm. really. John it out with my dad. I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I knew more about the cars than he did. 
And I was like, and he was trying to tell me that I did. And I thought, I'm just not spending my money with you. I'm not doing it. No. So yeah, those were two very, very distinct (laughs) episodes that I just won't ever forget. And I just think, oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Yes. You know, it's funny because I live, I live in Indiana now, which it's definitely more Midwest. I'm originally from New York. I was I was down in Texas. And there are definitely cultural differences as you move around the country. Mm-hmm. But the, I think the basics of treating people with respect oh, yeah. and being genuine and authentic, I think it's hard to beat that combination no matter where you are. Exactly. I agree completely. You know, and then there's the social media examples of the cold spammy DM messages. In fact, I got one today. This girl followed me and she helps coaches. So obviously I'm her ideal client with social media. And the next thing I know, she says, may I give you a tip about your Instagram reels? You need to do X, Y, Z. I help coaches like this all the time and I, I can help you. And I thought, bless your heart. I didn't ask you to critique my, critique my Instagram. Now you just offended me. <laughs> Yeah. The first part, may I give you some tips about your Instagram? Stop. (laughs) Give you an opportunity to respond. And then, but the, may I tell you what I don't like about what you're doing? Oh, here, let me, you know, why did you ask for permission? Why didn't you just open up with the, your Instagram sucks? Right, exactly. (laughs) Right. Why didn't you just open with that? That would have been honest. And that actually might have made me laugh. And I might have said, okay, tell me more. At least that's honest. Absolutely. The DMs have gotten better, but there was a period where anytime you accepted a request from someone, you immediately got this, hey, this is what I do. Let's talk. Right. Why? (laughs) Why? Why? So I actually, I've gotten on, and particularly on LinkedIn, you know, oh, hey, yeah. this oh, is okay. this is what I do, and and here's a link, and we can schedule an appointment. And right. I have a pre-written paragraph that I just grab and paste in that basically says, "Gee, that's great to connect. I don't need that, but maybe you'd like to take my class on how to use social media to grow your business." I have to stop myself. I'm somewhere between. I want to be super sassy about it, and I want to just ignore, I, or I want to save them, and then I realize I can't save them. So I probably need to do that, Lorraine. I probably need to write out a paragraph. Yeah, is the right amount of sassy. And I think, you know, the right amount of attitude. Mm -hmm. What works for me is probably a little too abrasive for you. Again, I'm from New York. (laughs) Yes, we have to be sweet in the South. That's just part of the deal. Well, until you don't. Until we don't, yes. But we do in a very, we'll tell you off like Julia Sugarbaker in Designing Women. I love her. I love her. You could tell somebody off and they would say thank you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. See, now this I think is the perfect example of a great networking conversation because we started on topic and we've we've meandered a little bit, but I really feel like I know more about you than Mm. when we started the conversation. And I think my listeners do too. I feel the same way about you. I feel like I know your heart and I know how warm you are, even though you were from New York. I feel like I know you better and for sure. And this is what sales is about. 
Mm-hmm. This is how we do it. Because you will ask me what I do and I will ask you what you do. And then we like each other. We're going to be like, okay, let me see if I can help you. Absolutely. And so I could do this all day, but I am going to go ahead and put a pin in it here. And I'm going to tell everybody who's listening, if you would like to get to know Tracy Beavers better, be sure to check out tracybeavers.com. She's got a resources page that you should totally look at. There'll be a link in the show notes and check it out and get to know her. Tracy, thanks for being a part of the show. Thank you so much, Lorraine. I really loved it. I did too. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, if you'd like to find other resources for your business, be sure to drop by digitaltoolbox.club. Watch a video, download a worksheet, see what you need to learn to grow your business. This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks for listening.